It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, it is the Upfront program. That means phone lines are open for the first time today, 769-0600. If you want to get on the program, our guest in studio, Woonsocket City Councilwoman Valerie Gonzalez, live in color. Beautiful color jacket, by the way. Thank you for wearing purple in solidarity with the Lakers starting out the season. <laughs> of course. I appreciate it. That was my it. first thought this morning. <laughs> you know me, you wear purple. Good morning. Uh, Valerie Gonzalez is here taking your calls. You can also email the program. We've already got questions for you. I'm going to yeah. ask you the tough one first, though. Yeah. This can one, we clarify first? Wait, that... wait a minute. This, this one, because I heard a rumor that you want to run for lieutenant governor. What? Is there any truth to that? Because no. that's what we're doing. We're dispelling rumors. So figure, uh, I figured I'd start with this email rumor. Okay. No Lieutenant Governor Gonzalez. No. It has I, a ring to if it. Never, yeah, well, I, you know, this is the thing with me. I live day by day. I have to feel like I am walking in my purpose. If the steps in the future lead me to that, I, you know, I just keep right. going. But, but it has never even, this is the first time I even heard got, that one. Heard, yeah. 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 No, I never even considered well, There's a lot of rumors out there in Woonsocket. Uh, you're not dead. That's I'm not dead. You're not dead. I'm not injured. You're not injured. I am. Uh, th- th- the only thing that I brought back with me from the vacation that I had was some extra pounds. Well, because... nothing wrong with that. That means good European yeah. food. Yeah, but Where I'll... did you go? So uh, we went to, um, it was our first time in Europe, we went to Seville, Spain, where that's the birthplace of the flamenco, which it was really, uh-huh. really cool to be there. How did you, uh, like I know if you grew up in socket French and you went to France, you were lost. How does the Spanish you speak here translate in Spain? Um, we, it's pretty well, yeah. pretty well. We understand that there's different, like we say gracias, they say gracias. You know, uh, like it's, it's very slight differences, but, um, but we were able to get along like yeah. really, really well. Actually, a lot of the, um, Uber drivers and stuff w- would tell us how impressed they were by our Spanish. Oh, you know, so I was like, okay. And they're probably running a little quicker than we do. Yeah. So, so Seville was wonderful, and I recommended you know anyone that wants to ever go down to Spain. That's a really great place. And then we went right, to Southampton, sure. London, where we took oh. a transatlantic cruise, um, and that's where we were for two weeks, which we had very limited reception. Mm-hmm. So he, here I am back, and I actually wrote like a mass general email that I just copy paste because we have a lot of messages coming back. But um, but no, I was not injured. I was not hurt. I was actually having a really great time. Had my first ever. I one of my bucket list things was to go on a hot air balloon ride. I ended up going on a hot air balloon what ride. What country I, is that? In um in Huelva, um Spain, and and um I did get to go to France. I found a place. Everybody went towards Paris, whatever, but um, I do a lot of YouTube research. And I found a place called Hanfleur. And it was the most picturesque place. Um, We went, and I just had the most amazing time. If you like seafood, they had the best dish I had was their mussels with their cream sauce. It was like a white creamy sauce. It was just so good. Mm, yeah, we went to Lisbon. You. Haven't had any breakfast yet. So. <laughs> we went to Lisbon. We went to the Azores. Yeah, nice. You know, and Vigo in Acuna, Spain. So when did you get back? I got back Saturday. Saturday. And yeah. just say, hey, guys, what's up? Oh, my. There's yeah. a lot up. Well, there? I kind of heard a little bit because right. the thing about when you're overseas, like I got some of the notices. So I saw something about the news but when you click on it it won't let you read any of the articles or anything so you just get like a headline and you have like no no content and and, and it's like oh like so i was able to speak with um councilman mcgee for like a few minutes and and you know at that point i'm just like you know there's not much i can do from there i just when i come home i just want to um catch up with all the information i never just hear something and jump into it i have to hear all the facts 
I listen to all the sides. It's just my nature. So that that's where I'm at right now. Well, we're going to probably get more into that in a moment. But I wanted to ask you first, um, and we do have a call on the line, 769-0600, if you want to join the phone. We have an open line for you. Remember, you can email talk at WNRI.com. Um, I wanted to ask you first about the Dignity Bus. Now, we've had our first Killing Frost. Uh, this weekend's brutally cold. We've got the yep. 27, 27, 27, and 32 over the next four nights, starting on, uh, I think, uh, Saturday Saturday night it starts that cold. Um, first, what's the status of the Dignity Bus? And also last night, the exempting the Dignity Bus operation from all provisions of the City of Woonsocket Code of Ordinances. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, when we were looking at um, the Dignity, we were trying to define it. We actually, we filled out all the applications. We wanted to go through the proper channels through the zoning board, you know, because I, I believe that even though we're in the city, we're, it's city-owned, that we should exemplify the process. So that's originally what we wanted to do, but there's there's nothing that really fits the category so you're almost creating something new which brings about new challenges and and um after speaking with the solicitor you know we were looking at all the different best and and worst case scenario and worst case scenario we could have been looking at months before we could even make it operational and already i feel like it's taking way too long to get this bus going so um i spoke with um councilman President um, Beauchamp and um, uh, Ward, Councilman Ward, and we just started talking about what could be done, you know, through the council, and this was the result of that. So we um, we exempted the bus so that it can become operational. Um, when I got back, I found out um, the contracts are still not signed between Community Care Lions and um and the city so yesterday i had a conversation with the solicitor and communications with ben lessing and um we're today i'm supposed to get some dates so that we can just we just got to get together get this done get the bus going because that's what it's here for that's what we paid for now the reality let's kind of steer through that a little bit what type of timeline, realistically, are we looking at to get a body in, in there? To, to be honest night? with you, I wish I could tell you, but it's, it's that, but I would have told you months ago. It's that, it's that much of a disarray, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's months ago. You know, I love, I never thought I would be in politics. Um, and I love the things in the opportunities that you have to serve people. But the red tape and all the things is a challenge, you know, and, and we're working on different you know, uh, and different things to try to uh, facilitate, um, you know, things that are important for the city, not just, you know, with the homeless and things like that. But one of the things that we've done and the initiatives that we've done through the community partnership program uh, task force is that we um, we we found that there was a lot of challenges here in Woonsocket when it came to serving our own because of the coordinated entry system that we're in, which when the funding comes in from the state, you have to serve the whole state. So you have somebody outside of your door and they um, are not able to, they're not next on the queue. So you can't even serve the people you're facing. Right. But the minute, the minute CCA got involved in that, yeah. it, it took the control away from the city. Yeah. But what ended up happening after we met and we, know, we noticed that that was some of the challenges of the agencies, um, I went before uh, the continuum of care, which makes recommendations to HUD. And we met from May all the way to August, almost on a weekly basis. And we came up with a plan where now we have, um, uh, we have uh, exemptions. And, and these exemptions are going to help us. Like the Dignity Bus is going to fall under an exemption where um, you, can, you can have an exemption up to... Um, at 75%, you know, which means 75% of those beds, like we would get the hotel. What a lot of right. people didn't realize is that hotel, maybe out of the 20 rooms, we get like eight rooms for one socket residents, you know, so communities can actually come up with solutions to deal with the immediate need for the community, which I think is really important. It was a, it was something we tackled um, as a partnership program and, as a task force and people at first told us you're wasting your time we've been having this conversation for 20 years and i was just really really proud that we were able to get it done within the year uh, we're going to take the call in a moment but i just want to you know try to pursue a little bit more 
physically, the structure of the bus is capable of housing somebody. It's red tape. It's procedure. It's process. It's contracts. Yes, that's holding. And one more thing: there's a there's a plumbing that a, a plumbing thing that that is still to be connected. Mm-hmm. But you need the contract done so that the money can be distributed. Distributed. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. it, it's it's a whole chain of things. I wish we could just snap our fingers and say, "Everybody, come on," you know, mm-hmm. in, but. That's not, and, and, and I want to remind everybody that this Dignity Bus, we know this is not the complete solution. This is not going to solve all the homeless problems. But I think that the approach that we're taking with it, like um, what, uh, one of the things that that some people have mentioned was the word dignity. Why do you call it the Dignity Bus? You know, the dignity is not about that you have a pod that you can sleep in. But it's in the process where now here's a community. Within the community, you start identifying, you know, what are um, the actual needs. Like we've been meeting with um, and and we have times that are scheduled for to learn more about, you know, op- opioid addictions. What are the resources that are out there? Mental um, behavioral resources that are out there so that we can connect people to the right resources. And I always believe that no matter what level you're at, you know, at your worst, you're still, you still have something, at least one thing that you can contribute to your society. And if we can find that one thing and inspire people through that, I think that's where the real dignity comes from. Changing subjects off the Dignity bus, and uh, I apologize, caller, for uh, outlasting you on that one. <laughs> um, but b- before we get to the phones anyways, I want to allow you the opportunity to address something that may come with other callers, and that is the situation that is unfolding upon your return about the land purchase. Um, the council unaware of it. I assume you were unaware of it oh, as the other council. Yeah, we were completely um, in the dark about it, and um, and I think that you know, um, I came back to, and I had conversations with just uh, um, just about every, you know, one of the counselors, and we're all sort of in the same place. You know, we're surprised. We're, um, you know, we, as I spoke before, and I talked about the community task force, you know, that we're putting together. One of the, I think, the plan for these affordable housing, nine affordable housings. I think that's something that's good for the community and it's something that I think that a lot of us would have gotten behind. So so I I I'm still we're still in the discovery stages. I I have not had a conversation with the mayor. Um I have not had a conversation with the people involved. I don't understand why it didn't come, you know, um to us, uh but that's some of the questions that I know the public has and some of the questions that we want answers for ourselves. Well, to, to put this on, we're going to hit a break and we're going to invite your calls and conversation. And when this time when the calls come in, um, you know, I'd just like to give Valerie a chance to, to address a few things before we get into the phones. Uh, Valerie Gonzalez is our guest from the Woonsocket City Council. Um, this comes in as email. I'm going to read it as it's written. Uh, last time the mayor violated the charter, Valerie and some others who currently sit on the council were defenders of her behavior. Will she and the others be, oh, you can't speak for the others. <laughs> will she be an apologist for the mayor's illegal behavior once again, or will they do their job and remove the petite offender? That's the question from the, from the citizen. I know this is a Woonsocket resident. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not going to be apologizing for um, what happened in the past. I always act according to what is before me, and I don't think that even if, um, this ends up being worst case scenario. I don't think that this undoes what it what happened before. My biggest um, issue with what happened in the past was the whole process. I thought it was a very unjust trial for anyone. It wasn't even about the mayor. And I know people think it's about, you know, they say we're her puppets, whatever. It's not even about that. It could have been any face on there. But when you have you know, uh, a trial in a case. Um, There were things there that surprised me, just like I'm being surprised now. Like I remember, for example, when um, the very first day of the trial, we find out that the lawyer that we hired, well, I found out, other people know, I found out that the lawyer that we hired um, was the one who vetted the paperwork for Sierra. And I'm like, that's a conflict of interest. Like, that's information I should have known because I would have never voted for that lawyer. You know, so um, and then you have, you know, I know when um, Lepizera wanted to vet, 
you know, the council with a question and they're like, well, no, we're not witnesses, you know, and I'm like, no, you're not witnesses, but you're jury and jury gets vetted. So to ask the question, did you have any involvement with, you know, getting any of this paper, it would eliminate you from being not, you would be biased, you know, in your, so for me, the whole process, and then this, a, it felt like really rushed, like, come on, you know, I, I remember in one of the cases, in one of the um, moments, um, uh, council president at that time, Gendron, asked, well, how long is it going to take for you to present your case? And I'm, and I'm like, why are we rushing to this, through this? Why is this, if we take the time and do things right, and I think that that's, that's where I feel the difference is here. You know, nobody, I don't feel that there's pitchforks anywhere. I don't feel that there, this is just, okay, we're looking at this. We're, I think, as people who ran as a team, you know, we're disappointed. We're hurt. You know, I, I was not happy to hear uh, this, but I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being guided by my emotions. And, and that last thing that happened, I felt that it was very, um, disheartening for the city because it was more emotionally based than anything else. I think the emotions drowned everything out. And, um, and, and, and I don't think it's the same thing. And I still, if we had to go back, I still would have um, acted the same way. But how about in the future? Just, I don't know if you had a, something about moving forward on this case. It sounds like this I case. I think that this case, this case is different. Yeah. I think this case is different. But then again, I don't have all the, we, we still don't have all the facts. So for me, um, I, I, you know, I think that I don't rush to anything and I don't see, we don't have a time bomb that is clicking. I think it's important for people in circumstances like this to stay calm <laughs> and to take a moment, take a breath and really look at everything, you know, with the most honest and raw eyes that, that you can see things so so that's that's where i'm at because this is gonna this is not just about there's not going to be just about the mayor there's a lot of things that are involved in Com this coming back um well it's a heck of a thing to come back from vacation to but uh coming back here in this term with as you mentioned the team the surprise of you know that the word unnecessary does come to mind um i'm just curious as as you were promoted by Lisa and, mm -hmm. and put the, not the team was put together. I don't know how that came to be, but, um, have you reached out to her? I did reach out to her and, um, uh, it, it was just a very quick, you know, uh, text message and we, but we have not had a conversation. conversation. Yeah. Um, the phone number is seven, six, nine, zero, six hundred. Uh, we covered that. Those, I'm not going to ask you, who you voted for in the in the uh, no, special I, election? No, I never I never disclose who I vote for, but I will say, um, go out and vote. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, it's it's so important. You know, I think sometimes you know we've heard that because of the last results, a lot of people are talking about that there's a possibility of a landslide. I always tell people it doesn't matter you know, which side you are on an election, what matters is that your voice is heard, you know, and, and this is how we become part of the conversation more than at any other time. You can show up to, you know, public comment and all these things, and all those things are important. You can send emails, you can say, but what really, really is um, the difference maker is days like this, where you can go to the polls and you can um, voice your opinion. We're going to be back in a moment. This is your Upfront program, so we'd like to hear from you. A couple more emails came in. We'll take a look at that in a moment. Stick around. More to come. The Honey Shop is fast becoming a household name. A food manufacturer, they make natural health products, honey products, and gourmet foods, such as infused olive oils, balsamic salsas, hot sauces, gluten-free soups, jams, apple cider vinegar products, pasta sauces, tea, sugar, barbecue sauces, natural nut and seed butters, and yes, more. If you love food, you're going to love the Honey Shop. Many of their products are available in-shop for sampling. Their signature product, of course, Breathe. It's an all-natural cold and allergy remedy. Made, of course, with honey. It was invented in 2013. In addition to the food and health products, they also host workshops, classes, events, and educational hikes. 
So if you're looking for a true shopping experience or are looking to add a little spice to your life, stop by for a bite. The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, the same building that houses CAOM Picture Framing Gallery, you'll find The Honey Shop right here in the city of Woonsocket. This is Kristen Carlson, your Executive Director at the Woonsocket YMCA. In honor of Veterans Day, November 11th, any veteran that would like a membership to the YMCA will receive the month of November free. Please show a valid military ID at the time of registration. Please visit our website at ymcapawtuckett.org for more information or stop by 18 Federal Street in Woonsocket for a tour. Looking for a delicious getaway for breakfast or lunch? Then you need to stop into Birchwood Bakery and Kitchen in Franklin, Mass. Whether you come in for a quick breakfast by yourself or a lavish brunch with friends or a lunch with co-workers, you can always find what you're craving. Please feel free to visit us on our website at birchwoodbakery.com or call us at one 508 346-3749 Birchwood Bakery and Kitchen offers catering and even custom cakes for your special occasion. Still have questions? Call us and let the staff know you heard it right here on WNRI Baked by our team every morning See you soon all right, we are back. We have Valerie Gonzalez in studio, and uh, we are uh, taking your emails. We'll take your calls right now, 769-0600. If you want to talk to Valerie, if you have a question for Valerie, uh, give us a call. Um, a couple of emails come in, one on the bus. Uh, the email says, Valerie, uh, that bus belongs in the north end near Social Park and the food pantries. These people have no transportation. Why South Main Street so far away from them? How did that location come to be, come to reality? Well, we came into— And that's Holy Family. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we came into the conversation. Well, actually, I came into the conversation where a lot of things had already been set. Um, This was something that um, was brought by Neil Steinberg to the governor. The governor's office had reached out to Community Care Alliance. Community Care Alliance had already had the conversations with um, Holy Family. They were a congregation that um, loves to support um, our community. Um, it's important to have, for us, it was important to um, be able to bring solutions that are not involving more buildings that are going to be taken off the tax roll because they're doing, you know, nonprofit work. And um, and it's been really great to work with Father Sweet. And um, I know Nancy Benoit is a part of that congregation and she's a member of the board and CCA. So I don't know if that's how it happened, but by the time that, um, that I was involved in the conversation and I started advocating for the bus, cause at that time we thought that the state was going to purchase it. Um, this was all already, um, discussed and, um, we just kind of stayed with the plan. I think when somebody, um, volunteers and steps up, you know, that's, that's, that's very, um, you have to value that. And they did. And, and I'm really grateful that they did. Well, it would be tough. Uh, I understand the emailers point, because if you drive down in, in that social area, I mean, yep. uh, it, it's quite in Clinton street as well, but also and I think burning now we're learning Clinton street, yeah. Hamlet Avenue bridge, um, all, anything, there's a trestle uh, we, we, uh, over by River Island Park. So they are pretty scattered, the homeless problem. It is, it is. But, um, but I think that we have to start working towards real solutions that are not um, just about one thing. And there is some conversations. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to, um, to share some of the plans because, you know, they're... Um, we're Great territory. Right there. Yeah. But I think, I think it's going to... I think in the end, people are going to see that um, what we're trying to do here is uh, is not just another place for, you know, homeless people. It's a new system that we're trying to put in place. And I think in the end, it's going to help and uh, benefit, you know, the homeless community and bringing about some real solutions because um, it's been challenging, as we know, because it keeps growing. But um, but um, one of the conversations that we did have in one of our community partnership task force meetings was um, uh, Community Care Alliance expressed the need to perhaps um, have like uh, uh, some kind of transportation. Um, and, and that's one of the conversations we're having. So all these things are being taken, you know, into account. 
Um, and we want people to be able to come to a place, you know, where they can rest. That bus is about overnight rest. Um, it's not a shelter. And then we can transport them to the places during the day that they need to be able to have the follow through that they need to be able to help them to find their way out of that situation. Uh, it can't be easy to find somebody willing to allow the bus on their property. Yeah. Um, you have to have some sort of uh, electric grid put in there. Nobody wants it visibly in Visible. their place. So this is a good place. It's outside. Exactly. It also has, um, it's very close to the connections that we need for like the zoo, the sewer, you know. And again, um, working with Holy Family has has been, you know, a, a great pleasure. They're they're just a wonderful um, church that we have here in the city, and and we're just really grateful to Father Sweet the Diocese. They've just been wonderful. Another question on the bus. I don't quite get it. Maybe you do. Wouldn't exempting the bus from zoning equate spot zoning? Um, no. I again, this is something, um, and I think that's why in the way that it was written, you know, it's really exclusive to this particular single situation. You know, um, one of the things that we were considering as we were writing this thing is that this wouldn't be um, this wouldn't be something that, you know, exempts everything and everyone else. On, and like people can't just begin to bring RVs into their backyards, you know, and start running overnight uh, shelters. I'm just curious um, when it comes to like, well, if you, I have two questions I'm curious about. One, I've been covering Woonsocket a long time. And I've seen them battle $40,000 for months. Getting that type of cash spent, was it an easy thing for you to present or was it a challenge to, to get that funding for the bus initially? No, it was easy. It was actually easy because um, for the, I, I, it was easy because the council agreed that we needed to do something and we couldn't keep doing the same exact. We had to try something new. And I think the fact that the bus didn't just come as a bus, but it came with a vision. Right. Um, what's happening in Florida and Vero Beach, um, we were able to to see a picture of the possibilities. And um, and I think that that's, that's what's been a little bit different, that it's not just a, you know, hotel rooms are hotel rooms, you know, and there's only like so much, but the whole system that is coming through this bus. I mean, one of the things that we're changing, uh, we're looking to change is, you know, within the community, you get leaders. You saw on this last meeting and the meeting prior to the one that I missed, there was a homeless person that came in and is advocating. Well, you know what? You identify these kind of people and um, and you um, give them leadership roles within the community. So, you know, when it comes to usually we hire people out to clean out the buses and stuff. Well, no, they start giving them responsibilities. You know, have the homeless be part of you know, what upkeeps, you know, the resources that we're providing. Another thing that was actually a big um, point of conversation was um, we talked about charging $2 per night. And I was getting calls, like, how are you going to charge the homeless? Right. Well, you know what I did? I went to where the homeless were. I went um, to Safe Haven, whatever. I showed them pictures. I showed them um the videos and I said, you know, we're providing this and we're thinking of charging two dollars a night. You know what they said? The the very first person was like, What? Two dollars? I could pay for me and my friends. Well the whole idea behind that is at whatever level you're at, if we're looking to get these people to at some point be on their own, we have to teach them responsibility. And there it has to be they have start. to learn they have to learn to budget. They have to learn you know, to to handle and, and you start at where you're at, you know, and two dollars is something that seems for they they do it in Florida and it works too. And I know it's different. Have social security yeah, they do. They have an income. So it's this thing of like, you know, so the people that were coming at me, you know, and and speaking because I'm also realizing, you know, there's a lot of not everybody, but there's a lot of people speaking on behalf of the homeless, but they're not speaking what the homeless are saying. You know, so I'm, the, I'm I'm being really cautious to not just, you know, make decisions, but but we go to where the homeless are, and we're looking, trying to look at the situation. Um, I'm, um, you know, I keep saying I'm a pastor that smells like sheep. So if we're gonna like have solutions for these things, I've learned to just um, hear from both sides, and and that's what I'm loving the most about this um, conversation, that in here. 
we're having conversations with the homeless. We're having conversations with the leadership from the city. And we're having conversations with the non-profit organizations and the faith community, which I believe takes everybody to really find a solution. Uh, we have a couple of emails back to the mayor's subject, but I want to get the call in yeah. here on the line. It is our, uh, our first caller of the day, our second caller. Actually, the first one didn't make it, but you're on with Councilwoman Valerie Gonzalez. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, why am I getting this feedback? I turn the radio off. We don't okay. hear it here. Oh, okay. Uh, I have an observation. First, I was uh, happy to hear uh, Councilwoman uh, Gonzalez say that before she jumps into anything, she does a lot of research and, um, you know, looks into the issue. I think that was a comment that she made in relation to some of the political things that are going on in the city uh, today. Uh, secondly, uh, do you see any connection between the um, open border policy of the present administration in Washington and the degree of homelessness? To it, I'll tell you this. Um, Tell me anything you want. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. When it comes to the people that I have met and the people that I have spoken to on their street, the issue is not as much immigration, but is a loss of family, um, issues with mental health. Most of the people here are connected to others here. I have not... Um, Based personally, and I'm just talking about my experience where I've been. Is that an issue in the nation? I think that that there there are areas that that have more um, more Massachusetts. Yeah, that but here in one socket from the people that I have met, and I would need to actually I I don't know I only know a small percentage of the community. So I think that's a question that we would need to ask the leadership of Community Care Alliance and the people who are actually keeping count of 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 the actual uh, backgrounds of every person. But from what I have experienced and I have uh, met from the people that I have met, that in one socket is not the major um, issue. It's really more, um, it's really more just... Um, a lot of um, uh, opioid addiction, mental health, and and the the alcohol. the crisis, alcohol, what it, the crisis that it causes, where you know families get to a point where they just can't support um, well, the members of, the of their families. Problems, family. of course, yeah. is the amount of fentanyl that's coming across the border, yeah. and how that affects sure. the population of the country. Yeah. So there is a direct. Um, a direct connection. By the way, congratulations. You're living the dream. I was listening to you describe that wonderful trip that you just took, and it sounded absolutely fantastic, but I would never go up in a, in a uh, hot air <laughs> balloon, uh, unless, which I will never go to Disneyland again, but unless it was at a place like that. My third point is, <clears throat> I know that you are a local uh, elected official. Mm -hmm. And I have been there. Oftentimes, we, we do not have to vote on state issues, but what we say has an impact on people. We are, uh, in effect, opinion formers. In that vein, I would ask you if the state legislature ever comes up with legislation that requires a photo ID on a mail-in ballot, would you be in favor of that? Photo ID for mail-in ballots? Correct. Yeah, um, you mean like like to be able to send them along with the uh, photo well, ID? Like an uploading so stand on the application? Yourself as a voter, the way people who go voting on election day or early voting must present identification. There are several European countries who require a photo ID. Most countries don't allow mail-in ballots because yeah. they are 
uh, uh, open to a lot of fraud. But the ones who do require a photo ID. And I'm asking you if you would support that kind of legislation if it ever makes it to the, uh, the, general, the general assembly. I think it's important that we try to secure um, the most important process that we have as Americans. Uh, that's, the, that's the answer I wanted to yeah. hear, Councilwoman. Well, listen, if you go on another trip, be sure to get on the radio and tell the rest of us all about it because it sounded fantastic. Well, I'll tell you this. My husband and I are working on... We had not posted any pictures. We did not... Um, do any videos, anything. And the main, the main reason was uh, many years ago, we went on vacation and we had announced it and somebody broke into my house. So, so now we don't tell anybody really, you know, except so, but now that we're back, we're going to be sharing everything. Only tell when you come back. That's that's a given. I I would do that if I were going to Providence, which I never do anymore. But anyway, you have a nice day. Kelly, I you. wanted to mention um, back to your question. It's a great question. Homelessness. Uh, what percentage is domestic? What percentage is coming in from from the migrants? Because you see what's happening in Massachusetts. Uh, while you were gone, Governor Maura Healy says we're capacity. By the way. Uh, I've been gone for three weeks, oh, yeah, so everything happened, has been changed. It happened quick. It happened quick. Um, they hit capacity quick. You cannot ask uh, somebody whether they're a citizen. But there I was think, a... I think that's a big problem. But, but there, the, there was a story now. I was... Well, I'm trying to tell you this one thing, uh, but you don't want to hear it. That's a cat lady. Uh, there was a story about the states that are receiving migrants from the United States federal government. Rhode Island wasn't on the list. So we're not seeing the influx like the other states, you know, New York and, and Massachusetts, as we weren't even listed on that. There was like, I think, 18, 19 states that were listed. Rhode Island, I looked, yeah. Rhode Island wasn't one of them. Uh, it's probably why we're not hearing much about it here in northern Rhode Island. Uh, a couple of emails come in. We're going to get to that in a moment. We have to take another commercial message. We're going to get our sponsors in on the Upfront program. And, of course, without the sponsors, we don't talk because there's no radio. <laughs> uh, it works that way, you know. Uh, so here's another message from one of our fine sponsors. First. A PSA from John Brian. It's that time of year. It's time for the Woonsocket Rotary Club's Beer and Wine Tasting and Silent Auction. Monday, November 13th at 6 p.m. at the Museum of Work and Culture. Come and enjoy many national brands as well as local offerings from LOPS, Sons of Liberty, Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Spirits, and others. Tickets are $30 per person and appetizers will be served. You can get some early Christmas shopping done with our wonderful gift baskets and auction items and come and enjoy fellowship and the flavors of the season at the Woonsocket Rotary Club's Beer and Wine Tasting and Silent Auction, Monday, November 13th at 6 p.m. See you there. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out a Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak. Filet mignon or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner, all charbroiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. Attention industrial manufacturers. Are you paying too much or waiting too long only to be disappointed in the quality of the product and service you receive? Then let me introduce you to Titan Machine Tool, a specialty machining company with over 30 years experience producing precision machine parts and building automated machinery for the manufacturing, medical, and aerospace industries. Titan Machine Tool provides general maintenance shop services too, including conventional and CNC milling, turning and surfacing, grinding from prototype design work, small production runs, or one single manufactured part. Titan Machine Tool will work with you to understand your requirements to get the job done right the first time. 
So if you need parts custom-made or repaired for your hot rod, construction equipment, or industrial machinery, contact Titan Machine Tool at 401-636-0157 and speak with Robert Marquis. Again, call 401-636-0157 for a free quote or to schedule a review of the job you need done. Find us online at titanmachinetool.com. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro, Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. We're back inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup, also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. And we are back with Valerie Gonzalez on the Upfront program to the phones in a moment. Remind Valerie that the, a couple of statements, really not questions. Remind Valerie the removal process of the mayor was not an Article Three court. The charter removal process is an administrative process. The rules that apply, apply to a court process does not apply in that situation, says that emailer. Uh, another email. It, 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 that might be correct, but fairness is fairness. I thought the same thing yeah. watching it. Uh, Lisa said she would do it all again. She did. That's the bottom line. Not really a question there. Uh, and uh, Anthony says here, uh, you said this was a, you said the lawyer that the council hired in the first trial could have been biased because he viewed the papers for Sierra since Michael approved. How do you say that name? Lepazera. Lepazera. Excuse me. Defended her the first time, and she is paying him handsomely as a solicitor. Can we now assume that he is biased? After all, he defended her the first time. Uh, if you think that, you haven't watched the t- last two meetings. Then, <laughs> uh, you know, seriously, uh, we need to complete a, an outsider investigate this that has no bias. Enough is enough. And, and this is why, yes, yesterday the council unanimously authorized the engagement of counsel for the investigation process. Um, so we are um, we are looking into the possible. Um, uh, the possible law firms that we might be able to engage, but that is the intention of uh, the council, and it was voted unanimously. And if you watch that 16-minute special meeting that did not go into executive session... Which I did. Uh, the city solicitor, I believe, in that meeting, uh, he was the advocate to say, let's take these documents and just put them online on the website with a link so we have full transparency, and some of them are quite lengthy from what I understand. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think Lepazera has been doing an excellent job. I mean, he he went and made sure that all this information was gathered and um, one of his main focus has been uh, being able to not just communicate to the council but to the community what is happening. Uh, we are going to the next topic and uh, call it you are well, maybe it's the same topic but call it, you are on with Valerie Gonzalez. Good morning to you. Good morning. I just want to congratulate Valerie, because of her measured approach that she is taking for this whole situation. And it reminds me so much of what I observed about Colonel Leonard, because most of his answers were measured, and he said, I don't have all the facts. I want to get all the facts before I answer. And that's the approach I want in my government. The second thing is, Jeff, in relation to your answer that Rhode Island is not slated to be a state where the um, illegal aliens will be dropped off. But just remember, it's public knowledge. It's been announced in the newspaper and on the radio that as people come in, they will be given a ticket to wherever they want to go. And guess what? Woonsocket, Rhode Island is already posted out there. So I, I just want to warn people. Yeah. That's my comment. Thank and you. Please, please, please go vote. Thank you. Well, I was referencing is, is what they classify as a sanctuary state. And Providence declared themselves a sanctuary city, but it doesn't mean Rhode Island. Massachusetts says we're a sanctuary state. 
And, you know, the governor is, is you know, welcomed that and now has to deal with that. Um, another email comes in. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Valerie. That's usually where we say good morning, SL. Good morning, Estelle. SL. <laughs> Okay, so. Uh, I spoke with Valerie and exchanged several emails regarding the Dignity Bus. She was pleasant and receptive to my questions at that time. I expressed to her, instead of politics, in my opinion, she should be a social worker. I was going to ask who her choice for Congress is, but it seems that's off the table. I did ask Gary Manceri up front, and we are on opposite sides of the fence, but he gave me an honest answer. Welcome back, Valerie. Have a good day, Sandra LaFrance. But it was, yeah. it was no... No mystery that Garrett Benseri was uh, supporting gay no, men. And, and I just want to say to SL that um, I, I appreciate, and I know she says that um, I should have been a casework, but I also think that it's really important when we look at counsel, a counsel should not be composed of all lawyers or, you know, doctors or what. It should be composed of the community. And I think a voice that thinks as a social worker also belongs in the council. Just because somebody would be a social worker doesn't exclude them from being an elected official. As a matter of fact, I think that gives um, a, a benefit and a point of view that is necessary in the conversation. And that's why I'm really proud to serve. And sometimes, I guess, as a sitting official, I mean, you're not running at this point, you're a sitting official um, and you're a city official, nonpartisan politics. You got to work with whatever congressional uh, candidate wins the race. Yeah, and you know what? I um, everybody knows I'm a conservative, and I live in Rhode Island. You know, there's not a lot of us around here. Right. But um, even though Woonsocket tends to be a little bit different, Woonsocket votes a lot more conservative than right. some of our surrounding cities. But I have, I think, one of the. Uh, benefits that I have is that I've been able to work on people, uh, work with people from all sides of the fences. And uh, we, um, like I'm part of uh, something called the Rodell Program, uh, which is uh, a program that brings together Democrats, um, Republicans, independents, and it's uh, three times a year we gather and you have city councilors, mayors, um, senators, in there that sit and we we actually read some really interesting uh, material and we just have conversations mainly on um, just uh, based on you know conduct and um, and and just it's about the human person more than it is about the issues and when you can get past the issues and see the person then you can start really dealing with issues with a matter of respect and um, and the conduct changes. And it's been a really wonderful thing that I've been involved in, and it has opened conversations to bring about um, some changes in our city and state that, that I think are really important. And you wouldn't have it if you're like, well, I'm this and you're that, so we can't you know work together. So I work with everyone. Um, I want to get a, another topic, and I want to ask you about the uh, renewal of licenses on the applications last yes. night. I heard uh, through Garrett Manseri and his report overnight, there were, uh, they were all approved except for two, two. licenses. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about those two unapproved licenses? Well, one of them was Charlie's, and um, Councilman uh, Thompson was made aware that uh, Charlie since has passed. So... Um, there, we just need to investigate a little bit more what, who the person in charge of the license is before we give it to someone when the name has actually been deceased, like the person's deceased. Then the other one was Delicia's Cafe. I think it's Cafe on Willow Street. Um, there were many, there, I was actually really surprised at how many people, from um, that building and across the street showed up to speak against um, this license, mainly because there's been, I guess, a lot of violence, there's been shootings, um, uh, car crashes, people parking in the, like it's just been brawls. There's been a lot of action there. And the citizens in the surrounding area, the, the residents are very um, concerned and um, are not feeling safe. Now, the landlord from uh, that Delicia's rents from uh, was there also, and they spoke, and he said as of December they will not be renewing the lease, so they don't see why there would even be a reason to um, to renew that license. So, um, and I guess that they had been approached, and it, it seems like, again, you don't have both sides, but it seems like um, 
from the conversation that they uh, were not assuming responsibility for what happens outside of their premises, which is also always a conversation when you're dealing with like bars and clubs and things like that. But um, uh, public safety um, was there, um, made a few comments and it just it it, it did not. Um, we're going to have a different conversation about that, but mostly it's just not going to get. So the, the club operators weren't present. They were not. Wow. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm and, not sure if they knew that they would have. I don't know right. if they knew that people were going to come forward, but um, but they were not. And they present. know now. Yeah. yeah. We'll see if you hear from them. Um, we have just a few moments left to the program here on the uh, on the subject. Um, one question comes in by email about the dignity bus again. Okay. Um, if it's a church site, why not? The church that you're part of is that Vita Church, right? Yeah. Why it, not the Vita Church? Again, I came into this conversation um, when things had already been decided. And I'll tell you this about the community of Vita Church. We love to serve our community. And if our church was a place that um, that was needed, we will answer the call. You know, but at this point, Holy Family were the ones who were involved in the process and there was no reason to exclude them from the process, and we're just thankful to them. Uh, we are to the phones. Call it. we got two minutes left for a question and an answer, so <laughs> be brief. Hello there. I think the caller probably... Start calling th- in. There he from... is. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can uh, Can you state that again, please? We, we, did, we lost you until just now. Okay. Hi, this is Dick Bouchard calling in from East Woonsocket School, and I just wanted to report to you, Jeff, that uh, there have been 50 voters that were smart enough to come out and vote this morning so far at this polling location. Uh, and uh, a good many of them uh, said they are voting for guess who? <laughs> Dick Bouchard is a write-in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume I you're I jolly, so I'm going to go Gary Leonard. Yes, you're so right. right. And uh, a lot of uh, wonderful conversations I've had. I've been here since 7 o'clock, and I was the first person to vote. And uh, I want to congratulate anybody that comes out to vote today because uh, I think today is going to be nice from this point on. I realize you're running out of time. Thanks for taking my call, Jeff. Thanks, Richard. Take care. Um, one, one quick question I had in my mind about the dignity bus. I'm just curious um, because I've had to you know, work with them in other capacities. The fire marshals, what was their view about the dignity bus? And have, you, have they been down yet? Have you dealt yeah. with the fire marshals? Yeah, the, the very, when the f- bus first arrived, we had the fire marshal come in and they looked at everything. But remember, when the bus was being built, the state was having these conversations and um, all they, I, I think the only thing that they asked for was like bigger uh, fire extinguishers. Um, but all of the fire safety um, uh, uh, all the issues were addressed during the preparation of the bus. And because of, um, you know, Vero Beach already had two operating buses, it's just sort of... Yeah. Um, but of course, Rhode Island is a little harder. So By the way, you know, if you um, see Chicago got a bus, um, now um, I think Chicago. There's a few states that just started getting the bus. The Chicago bus is like fully wrapped. It looks amazing. Oh, but bulletproof. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. But um, but there's other communities now that are looking and and saying, well, you know, maybe. This right. is this this could be a solution for us. Well, thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. I love Woonsocket. Um, I love serving here, and um, and I appreciate that um, people have um, allowed this opportunity for me.